welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, January 17th, 2016. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey, and I thank everybody for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be part of the call. You can dial in area code 724-444-7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. You can also join us on the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. All of these are open and live from at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday nights. You can also join us at that same time in the uh, Republicans of Second Life Cafe uh, on Second Life at Chertopia, uh, where you can hear the stream and participate in the text chat. If you want information on part- participating, to find show notes that we're talking about, to comment on posts, or just to figure out what the world you're listening to at this moment, visit our website at frontporchtalk.net. Uh, you can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash frontporchpoliticaltalk or at Twitter at ECConservative. Now, uh, for those that have not listened to the show before, we set a theme and we kind of pick a handful of articles, about nine, um, that we talk about that kind of revolve around that theme. Tonight's show is um, is themed around the fact that somebody thought it was a good idea. And it was hard for me to put this into words, hard for me to, to, to intro this particular concept. Because when you look at things, when you, when you look at any event, somebody thought it was a good idea. Now, that could be a decision made by a political leader or an appointed official or an unelected somebody. Uh, it could be the actions of a business or of a nonprofit organization. It could be you yourself. Um, or a Girl Scout leader. Or a Girl Scout leader. Um you know, the, the 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 truth of the matter is somebody thought it was a good idea and, and that's kind of what we're what we're gearing our show around tonight. Now we open up no, no wait a minute, wait a minute. We've got a fellow who's a regular on our show mm-hmm. who frequently does things and says things in the hope that nobody will think it was a good idea. When did Donald Trump dial in? I'm not talking about my friend Donald. Oh, okay. I'm talking about my other friend, the guy who is currently in a in a two wheel cart with a bear and a llama driving it on Second Life. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, no, and, and see, that's just it. There are certain things, and you're right. There, there is. Um, There's a certain group of people who don't fit the mold. Yes, but even then, somebody thought it was right enough to to try it, unless they're specifically doing it because they think it's wrong and want to draw the draw the um, uh, the absurd, draw attention to the absurdity of something. So even then, okay. there's a there's there's a method to the madness. Um, Justified. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about farmball reimbursement fund. <laughs> let's 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 talk about one such you know the first such idea. And, and normally we open with a with a human interest story. This is kind of human interest in in, in that in that absurdia type of way. Um, there was a a woman by the name of Cinnamon Nicole 
from Cordova, Tennessee, uh, apparently thought it was a good idea to spend every last dime that she had trying to win the $1.5 billion Powerball lottery. Every last dime of it. So we spent 50 bucks. Um, and, and, you know, in all honesty, that's, that's insane in the first place. But then she goes... Can't make her career report red, no. No. Now, now, but then she goes, hey, I can go to GoFundMe and have people around the country pay because I sp- pay me because I spent all of my money on Powerball. Powerball victimized me. You can't make this up. Nicole alleges to have spent all of her money purchasing tickets with the assumption that she would win the $1.6 billion jackpot, but soon realized that the winning tickets were sold in Los Angeles, Florida, Florida, and uh, Tennessee, not her part of Tennessee, suburbs. Um, despite so has, she got, has she gotten any money? $800 before GoFundMe took the page down. She won. Yeah. She's not, she's not as wacko as we might have let, let ourselves to believe. No, I didn't say she was. The, wack, the wackos are the people who gave her the $800. Yeah. Those are the people who ought to have if necessary, retroactive Darwin Awards. Well, and the you know the the interesting thing is, uh, Manessa and Talkshoe says that's an obsession. Um, no, that's an addiction. And you know, there 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 are programs. There's twelve step programs to help gamblers. Um, and and actually, I've seen people that think, oh, it's not gambling because I'm just buying scratch off tickets. It's still gambling. I mean, you've got one in. Two hundred and ninety-two point two million. It's, it's it's the adrenaline hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and various people use various mechanisms to get the adrenaline hit. Some people jump off of perfectly good bridges or out of perfectly good airplanes. Some people gamble. Uh, other people, you know, go out and start fights in bars. It's the same addiction. Um, yeah. Guys who like war, uh, or or women, it's the adrenaline hit. Or war with women. Yeah. Or that. She. she there's other things there. Never mind. Never mind. There's there's all kinds of addictions. Um, she said, "Please help me and my family." This was on her uh, on her GoFundMe page. Please help me and my family as we have exhausted all our funds. We spent all our all of our money on lottery tickets, expecting to win the 1.5 billion, and are now in dire need of cash. With your small donation of at least one dollar, uh, one dollar, a like and one share, I'm certain that we can be able to pick ourselves up from the trenches of this loss and spend another fortune trying to to hit it big again. So she's not even asking for money for food or diapers or whatever. She wants to buy more lottery tickets. I have a um, this, this kind of sounds to me like she probably didn't spend all of her life savings on lottery tickets. She's just saying she did. Yeah. No, this seems to me that she lives check to check, and she's been living that way ever since she was able to get a check yeah. in some form or another. I got an idea. Instead of hoping and wishing for a star, how about if you put that money to good use? Say you take twenty, thirty, forty dollars, the money you would have spent on the pipe dream of winning the lottery, and say invest in some correspondent courses or learn an actual skill. Instead of going waste your money at a convenience store or wherever lottery are sold, 
why don't you actually do something productive in your life so you could obtain those goals without having, and maybe you could earn them instead of having it given to you. See, one of the problems with winning the lottery, and this is many lottery winners go broke after a few years because they have a, they, they have unearned money that they have no idea what to do with. They lose friends, they lose family, they lose everything because it's unearned money that they did nothing but pick a few numbers to win it. You know, uh, that, 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 that's a totally different problem if the unearned money nets out at $800 million. It, it takes that takes a special skill to go broke with eight hundred million in the bank. Yeah, and and you know it's it's funny because at the office, and I, I think I brought this up on the show last week, but at the office, one of our accounting team decided to set up a lottery pool, um, and everybody, including the owner uh, and and all the executives, pay, bought into it. Um, and she did it twice, and you know we ended up winning a total of twenty four dollars, and we're like, okay, we're done. <laughs> there's, there's no more need to, to worry about that. It was fun, you know. That when when the pool is so high, you know, it's like, yeah, it's 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 one of those oh if. Um, but one of the articles that I didn't include on this week's sh- on this week's show notes list. Um, oh no, I did. It's it's the next to the last one is is the is the taxation that hits this powerball and the fact that the government is the biggest winner um well i mean everybody forgets that's the whole point of lotteries mm-hmm. the point of lotteries is not to get people money the point of lotteries is to take money away from people and give a lesser amount of it back so if somebody's surprised by the fact that the government gets the biggest share they just don't know what the hell they're talking about yeah I want you to think about this. Every lottery in the country is self-funded. The the Powerball, the Mega Millions, your state and your local lotteries are all self-funded, which means there were there was a $1.6 billion that taxpayers willingly gave up to play the lottery. Now, the government's going to take a share of that. Actually, they'll probably take a third of that after the winnings. So the, the, the government makes out like a bandit. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's actually there's several levels here because first of all your actual your actual return on the ticket is something like maybe sixty to seventy percent so the government's taking thirty percent right off and also you say it's self funded but that wasn't necessarily the case in Illinois who I don't think they're still doing it but at least at one point in this year they had suspended lottery payouts because they were saying they didn't have the money they didn't have the money because corrupt bureaucrats decided to well, yeah, it's Illinois. To what do you take expect? some money. <laughs> And put it into the general fund. Yeah, it's Illinois. But, see, that's that's actually an an important point to make. Is that frankly the lottery in pretty much every state is a scam in the sense that, like, take for instance Missouri's lottery because they're the ones that we that I hear advertised all the time. Since although I'm in Illinois, I live very close to St. Louis, so and they're saying like, here you should play the lottery because it gives money to schools. Which is entirely true. They do take that money that they make off the lottery and they send it to schools. And then they offset that by removing the, instead of paying out of the general fund, or like the, for, every, for every million dollars they can get from the lottery, they don't have to pay out a million dollars from the general fund. So you are basically, you're handing government or money to the government. You're just not necessarily doing it directly. And, you're, and it's being done in a way that they make you think you're funding education. 
which you're giving, are. You're giving, you're giving them discretionary money. Exactly. Yeah. Money they don't have to tell you what they did with. And, and, this is and, how lottery works in my state because I sell lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. The store gets a third, gets 30% of the sales. Right. The rest goes to the you, goes to the state and to the pot. You get you now, get I more. Have, I have friends that come and they buy lottery tickets from me, and I keep on saying you have a better shot of getting struck by lightning three times than when you on your way to your house, and when you get home, an alien spacecraft carrying green bumpy aliens, a la Star Trek, will come out and say we want to mate with you. Green. You have better chances of that. Been winning the lottery. Well, and and you know, as, as far as those lottery comparisons go, the, the best one that I saw was you. You are more likely to win the lottery 840. I want to say septillion times, but it's probably larger than that before you have a uh, a randomized Bitcoin address collision. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, yes. One one interesting one, two interesting points, and then I want to move to the next article. Um, Toucan pointed out that uh, California actually borrowed money against quote future projected lottery receipts, and something that he pointed out that that I also know because I've got a one of my coworkers used to work used to have a business that sold lottery tickets. New York State, the business gets six cents or six percent on every dollar that you know that is spent on lottery tickets. So the fact that you get 30% in in Louisiana Joseph is huge. Um now I want to jump to the next story. Now this one this one is an old article, but it kind of it, it still it still resonates especially with the legalization of of recreational marijuana in Washington state and in Colorado. And I will take this moment to point out that yes I have a Girl Scout in my family, and yes, it is cookie time. So if you want to order, just send an email to conservativepodcast at gmail dot com. Blatant plug. Uh, oh, cookie time. And and we I, and, and, and we well, and we do ship, and we also do donations for troops. But anyway, yeah, my my mom used to be a, a Girl Scout, and I always remember cookie time because I would help out when they were actually when you they actually get in the shipment of cookies and have to distribute it to all the girls. I was the one that. Or I would help in that, and for the last couple of years of when, of me doing it, I basically took over the thing, and I really miss it. Yeah, yeah, it's I, you know, my daughter has done Girl Scouts. She, she's she's done it for a while, and it's fun. Um, they've they the the cookie sales are always interesting. Um, in this case, in this article, you know, one enterprising uh, troop mother decided to contact. Um, a marijuana dispensary. Um, it's a Green Cross store in uh, California, I believe. Yeah, San Francisco. Um, and she set up a cookie booth outside of the Green Cross marijuana dispensary. Uh, and in two hours, she sold 117 boxes. That's... Uh, Entrepreneurship. That's a lot of boxes. That's the word. That's the word. It's the American way. Oh, it is, and and you know I, I'm not I'm not discouraging it now. I'm not I. It's not like we have that opportunity here, and there is a little bit of concern and danger, you know, involved with that. Um, not so much from a you know from from the patrons, but honestly, 
I, I read some of the comments and it felt like, you know, some of the some of the folks that were commenting would have endangered the child trying to rush her out of there for her own safety. <laughs> um, I'd be more worried about the cops than the than the customers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the um, what about the little girls? It was it was one 13 year old that manned this booth for two hours along with her mother. So, you know, the thing is with the cookie booths, you're, you have to, you, there has to be a parent present and depending on the size of the, of of the, of the booth, maybe two, um, or up to four. But you know, it's, it's not like the girls are just standing out there by themselves selling the cookies. Um, so, you know, from, from that aspect, she was definitely safe. Uh, or at least there was a parent there. Um, she did have to call for for additional boxes after 45 minutes. Um, now the um, bunch of love logistics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the local Girl Scout chapter. The brown suits, brown trucks showed up and kept them in business. Yeah, not even a brown truck. Somebody's minivan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, because because like like Toa. I've, uh, we're actually the girl, we're actually the cookie house for this year. So my garage in about, oh, I don't know, a month or so. Hey, is if you want to know the right way to do it, ask me. <laughs> we'll talk offline. Um, uh, so we've got, what's that? You're going to have a, a garage full of cookies? I am going to have a garage full of cookies. We've got one girl that last year, last year we had one girl that sold over 600 boxes of cookies. This is the, the coconut chocolate macaroons. This is the Are coconut and chocolate macaroons. This is, this is every munchy, every munchy They're lake and stoner. Toward the garage door or toward the back wall? <laughs> they'll, they're, they're going to be safe under lock and key. Oh, direct. <laughs> Wait, Pat, didn't you say last week that your na- that your your neighbors were supposed to be opening a pot dispensary? No, they were trying to. Oh, they okay. there were because because New York State licensed, I believe it was twenty dispensaries across the state, or thirty two dispensaries across the state. Um and the the folks across the, the the people that own the building across the street um were wanting to actually put in not a dispensary but a processing facility. So it would take basically the medical marijuana laws in New York State are such that you, you're not allowed to smoke it. You have to consume it in some way, and they were going to make basically make a brownie factory. Uh, well, well, let's think of other ideas. I mean, if you want to put this in hot locations in California where it's legal, how about you put set of boots next to um, Weight Locker clinics, um, fat camps? <laughs> The occasional donut shop, uh, police station. Um, there's a hundred thousand places you could put a Girl Scout stand for your cookie. Oh yeah. And this kid and her mother were ingenious in starting. Let's go get some stoners to buy our cookies. It's the American way. That's how Donald Trump is worth ten billion dollars because he was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Unlike this woman who was in the first store who just spent all her money on Powerball. If she had invested her money into say, cookies and went to a Jenny Craig convention, she would be worth millions at this point. Maybe as far as I'm concerned, until I, until I see the receipts for those lottery tickets, I don't believe she did. Maybe she, maybe she invested her money in a long story about 
lottery tickets rather than actually buying lottery tickets. That would be no. my yeah. To be honest with you, I, I have I have sold a hundred dollars worth of lottery tickets to people who are on fixed income. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I've watched people in front of me buy that many, but on the other hand, I don't think one of them was smart enough to go off and, and open their own uh, GoFundMe GoFundMe account. Yeah, a lot of them forgot their names before they got to the door. Listen, I see people every night spend fifty twenty dollars on their numbers for the pick three and the pick four or to pick five, whatever it is this that that day that they're going to invest heavily in. And even if they win, they're still down a lot more money than they're getting back. Oh, yeah. But they, got that, they, got that, they got that little adrenaline hit. But now let me ask this question, and, and, and this is because I see people do that too, and, 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 and actually a lot of the ones that I've seen do it tend to be not only on fixed income, but it's it's generally in retirement, is – and and they have they have some kind of additional income that I know that they bring in because I know know a few of them. Are are losses? I know that lottery losses are considered um, gambling losses on your taxes. Does that adjust your the impact of your income on what you bring in from Social Security? No. The the thing is with with lottery, I, I believe the way it works is if you present the ticket. As part of your deduction, that, that, that's considered your receipt. Yep. That it could be deducted. I know. But, a, on the federal level, gambling losses can only offset gambling gains. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that. That's that's that was the only that was the only logical reason that I could see to do it. But okay. Null and void. Um, speaking of null and void and 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 um, and uh, uh, winning the lottery. Let's let's move over to Iran. That was a bad segue. I'm sorry. That one was horrible. Now, last week, North Korea supposedly detonated an H-bomb. This week, according to UN inspectors, Iran has disassembled and kept up with its side of the nuclear deal. They also um, they also have agreed to as part of this whole lifting the sanctions and and bringing Iran back into um, normal relations with the rest of the world, um, there has been a prisoner swap. Um, There there were a total of five Americans that Iran released. Uh, Washington Post journalist uh, Jason Rezan, Amir Hakam... I'm going to butcher these names. I'm not even going to try. Um... You know, and also they released four as part of the prisoner exchange, but they also released a uh, a student student Matthew uh, Trevor Thick was released. Um, Obama, the Obama administration granted pre pre trial pardons to three men awaiting trial in Houston for violating U.S. export law by shipping high tech equipment to Iran. Um, they also dropped charges against a fugitive in the same case who was being sought um, um, that was being sought in a wanted poster available on the FBI website. Um, these are extremely unusual moves. These are these are people that are being pardoned before they go to trial, um, and saving the federal government who knows how much money. Yeah. Well, it's 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 saving the federal government money from the tr- you know from the trial aspect, but at the same time, 
you know, the the people that were released from Iran, I know at least one of them was there for the awful crime of preaching. Um, Can I point out that this is the administration that gave up the bipartisan of the um, Islamic apocalypse for a traitor? <laughs> that's, that's good, Joseph. <laughs> well, and, and and that's a very valid point because this administration did release five people from Guantanamo Bay that are that have been identified now as members uh, as fighting for the Islamic State for Bo Bergdahl. Who, Can I say that this is? I mean, that the the Bergdahl thing was a, was just a total mess up. I mean, I, we do have a commitment to our troops that even no matter how bad they were, uh, we bring them home, and we we put up with a lot of that, bringing guys back from Korea in particular and other places. Uh, even John McCain admitted that in the end he was not a. Uh, uh, he didn't follow all of the protocols while he was a prisoner of war, no. and nobody holds it against him. So no, that, that's true. But, but the Bergdahl thing was, I think, a, a little, little too much. This stuff, it, the guys, the, the Iranians were breaking a law that was only a law, a uh, law because we made it a law. There was no particular one of the Ten Commandments that was broken or anything like that. We decided that it would be illegal for them to do business with our country. And so they did business with our country anyways, and therefore they had broken a law that we had created, and therefore, and now everybody's irate that they're, they've been pardoned. It's peanuts. Let it go. It's okay. so much else wrong here that this is this is way below the radar. They're here. Yeah, and okay, and and that's. That's you know. I mean, very very frankly, getting getting those guys back. I mean, and somebody I forgot on TV was all upset about the moral equivalence between these guys. And I think that's a part of the point you're trying to make. That these guys standing on the same stage, or you know, in the old days in the Cold War somewhere in Berlin, they they've crossed a bridge. One group going one way, and the other group going the other way. Well, these two groups have no moral equivalence to each other. Uh, the the one guy was in prison because he was a Christian, and he was being tortured because he was a Christian, mm-hmm. and he was threatened with death 113 different ways because he refused to recant his Christianity. Uh, and so we get him back, and in turn for that, we return an Iranian sleazeball who was looking to make a few bucks. I don't care. You know, I'm just glad we got the, the pastor back. I'm glad we got the others back. I really would like to know what happened to the to the former army guy, and they they still insisted on holding a bottom. But you know, there's so much below above all of this. This is this is the kind of stuff that passes among diplomats over coffee, and and they they outplayed Kerry again, which is should come as no surprise to anybody because Kerry is a moron. Kerry doesn't have enough IQ to play Scrabble. And and the fact that we got our pants taken off in this small area is of no consequence, but it's also of no surprise. Well then then let's let's move on to the next article and and bring up this fact that okay, yes, this there you can't really play the moral equivalency game between the people that were prosecuted for sending and selling electronics to their home country um, just because there was an embargo and you know and a business ban with their home country, okay, uh, I'll buy that. Um, however, 
Um, there was a there were there was there were two boats that were picked up by the Iranian Navy. Um, one of them had engine failure. Um, you know, according to Joe Biden, said one one of the boats had engine failure and drifted into Iranian waters. The Iranians picked up both boats as we had picked up Iranian boats that needed to be rescued and took them to I'm not exactly sure where. I don't want to misspeak here and and realized they were distressed and said they would release them and they released them like ordinary nations would do. That is the way nations should do it and that's what's important. Uh, that why it's important should have channels open. Um, if you look at the pictures that were captured on Iranian TV, um, maybe I'm maybe I'm misseeing what I've what I've seen here, but this looked more like a prisoner of war capture and release than a a, a maritime assist. To the people of Iran, this is we've captured nine demons of the great Satan. So we're going to parade them around for a few hours on television just to say that we're much better than the great Satan. And that's all that was. In the end, we got our people back, but in return, we gave them, what, what, what was it, $170 billion in assets. Are you talking about the... Um... the deal. It was part of the deal in any way, but we've got our people back, which is great. But they have bragging rights that they could capture the great Satan demons. I'd, I'd like to say a couple of like, number one, are you referring to the 150 or so billion dollars of, of frozen assets that are being unfrozen as part of the nuclear deal? Is that what you yes, were referring to? Yeah. Yes, I am. Because it was it get, it went back to them over the weekend. Well, no, I didn't. Yeah. Well, like to me, that, that's called returning to them what is theirs because that's what it was. Looking at the two pictures, I gotta say, like just hypothetically, if it were two Iranian boats coming into our waters and we were going to intercept them and and pick them up, wouldn't we do the exact same thing? Wouldn't we have them in a position to show that they are not armed? Because that's what this is. This is this is a posture to show we are not armed. No, actually, if it was on our, if this was happening in our waters, we'd call them, give them a cup of coffee, some hummus, or whatever they like, and we'll give them some soccer, a few prayer rugs, and a Quran or two, and say, well, "Listen, uh, no, no, hold, hold on, we're going to send you back to your own country. We're not going to parade you out on national television as if you're criminals, and we're just going to say, you know what? How are you doing? Are you fine? Do you need medical assistance? If you don't." We're going to ship you back to your country via some other embassy because we have no dif- diplomatic relations Which, with your country. Well, they did ship them back the next day. It's, now, okay, I don't know anything about them parading them on TV. I'm, I'm just basing what I'm saying based on, on these two pictures. Uh, would you admit that relations between Iran and the U.S. are not exactly cozy? And if... If we were them and they and we had two of their boats come into our water and we wanted to 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 say you know what you're not supposed to do that we would make sure we would want to make sure that they're not armed and that they're not trying to 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 start something yes but and we would have them but in that position because this is that's the the position of look we're not armed no no okay yes let, let me yes Okay, hold on. Go ahead, Larry. I'm, I I have a different, a slightly different take on the position and the posture. Go ahead. As you know, I spend a lot of time listening to Fox, not believing everything I hear, but I, I find 
my time is best spent listening to them and sorting out their bullcrap than listening to other places and sorting out their bullcrap. Uh, one other thing I like about Fox is they have a lot of real people on there, uh, former special forces, former CIA guys, and all of that. They had a series, probably four different special ops guys who said they just shook their head and said, that's what you do with people you just took guns away from. You, you put them down on their knees, you get your hands be, their hands behind their head, and if they look at you cross-eyed, you make them put their head down between your knees, and that's how you stay alive. And, and, and none of these guys who were, are in this business thought that the Americans were mistreated. Okay. They, they, were, they, were, they were subdued in a safe manner. Uh, apparently, none of them got beat with a rifle stock or any of that other stuff. Now, having said all that, I think it's noteworthy that under different circumstances with these same people, um, a year ago or a year from now, those 10 guys would have been looking at the, the Middle Eastern equivalent of the Hanoi Hilton, and we have no idea how long they would have been there. Ask the Christian pastor, ask the disappeared Americans. These guys, not only are we glad to have them back, we are glad that it was such a good time for them to get lost uh, in the ocean because Iran had a motivation to be nice, and they did. So the fact that you see these guys kneeling with their hands behind their head, that's good. That means the Iranians were following kind of a disciplined approach. And what about the apology Uh, video? Well, very frankly, that makes me throw up. Uh, his his career is over. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's <clears throat> there's there there's two sides to this. I I kind of agree. You know, if if this was an armed patrol boat, and, and they name rank and serial number, he knows that uh, he was. I, there's no evidence that he was put under any duress at all. Uh, he just folded. Yeah, and name rank and serial number. Um, he should find something else to do with his time. Yeah, the um, and, and that's. You know the, the the standard nautical practice. If this was an armed boat, and I don't I, I don't know. Jesus, look! Have you, have you seen these boats? No, I I I I'm only the only thing that I've seen is the pictures. They got, they got like six fifty calibers. I mean, these these are bring hell to the people boats. You should see them. Okay. They, I mean, which means that they the, were probably out on anti piracy mission. Oh God. No, I'm just I, I'm I'm. My my question is: Remember, I come from a carrier background, so yeah. I'm not used. I, I, I don't. Know. Yeah, you, you think you're the point of the spear. You, the carriers are in fact the back end of the spear. These bolts are the point of the spear. I mean, they, they are armed to the freaking teeth. Okay. The crews what the the the, screw, the crews wear uh, bulletproof body armor constantly while on patrol. They're supposed to make freaking war and. Okay. Somebody, the, the commander decided that he was not going to resist. Okay, that's his choice. I don't glad I never had to make a choice like that in my life. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know what he was facing. I mean, he could have been facing a, a, a vastly overwhelming force. I don't know that for sure. But I do know because because there's a big discussion on those boats because the Navy has decided they first they wanted to get rid of them. And somebody pointed out some mistakes in their reasoning, and now the Navy decides they want many, many more of them, 
and they want to put the equivalent of Tomahawk missiles on them. It's called uh, distributed lethality. That's something to look up. That's a very good idea. That's recently dawned on the morons who run the Navy. They had the ability to resist uh, enthusiastically, mm-hmm. really enthusiastically, and they chose not to. I'm not going to judge that, but that's something we need to know. Somebody there decided that all of the firepower, the immense firepower that they had there at their disposal, they decided not to use. One of the the boats was immobile, which might have influenced you know their their decisions. I I under, accept that, but right. But the, 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 these guys were hell-raisingly armed. The, the Iranians had ne- every reason to be cautious. Okay, okay, and I I, I accept that. Yeah, you know, that's you know again I I no, I, I hate winding winding up with the back end of the argument all the time because you know I'm 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 a let's carpet bomb the bastards and the overweather kind of guy. But, I'm not that far. But let's keep our minds let's keep our minds clear here. So, 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 are you saying that the the first picture, you know, with and the fact that they were blindfolded and the the boat searched and had their GPS equipment taken, that is standard and acceptable practice? I would think so. Okay, but the apology from the commander is not. No. Okay. He was he was taught, trained, sworn oath to do something other than that. And. Like you said, his career is is now significantly damaged. He's over. It's over. Yeah, he should he should learn to sell shoes or soap. Um, or soap. Because somebody's going to need to clean up. I, I, I don't know if I told you my story or not. Here, remember the pueblo? The pueblo? Oh Jesus! Nobody remembers. <laughs> the pueblo was this uh, uh, spy boat, a World War II victory ship that was turned into a spy boat sailing off the coast in, quote, international waters along North Korea. Uh, and the North Koreans just walked out there with uh, some skimpy-ass boats, and the guy surrendered. Oh. And they, the North Koreans got all of the spy equipment, all of the crypto books, all of the encryption equipment, all of the spy equipment on that ship. It was a ship full of top secrets. And... The uh, captain decided that to surrender the ship without resistance. He really didn't have a lot to resist with. He should have just scuttled the damn thing and sunk it. He decided not to do that. My side of the story is I spent the next three weeks burning code books because everything around the world was compromised. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know that guy. And how do you how do you say out loud with a straight face? that the guy should allow himself to die. Well, you know, that's the, that's the oath. The oath is, I will protect and defend. He didn't. And, and eventually he committed suicide. That, that's kind of the sad part of all of this. But he was tried and convicted. And uh, he, he found guilty of dereliction of duty for not resisting. Do you think the same thing will happen to this skipper? Well, I don't know. You know and not with the current administration. One of these boats that was captured was enough to hold off pretty much the Iranian Navy. Well, that's, that's a, a little weird, but... That's a, little, that's a stretch, but they're well they had enough firepower to haul off the enemy until American help can arrive. But someone made a decision 
that we're going to surrender to the Iranians. Now, was it of the chain of command where we have a new, um, different rules of engagement where we are more of a P word than we are of a, um, you know, what? But is it that we are a new friendlier Navy that we're not going to fight for our own freedom? Or is it that these people came in with overwhelming force? And I doubt that they came in with overwhelming force. And you think of it like this, the, the people that we have released to the Iranians, those convicted people who are selling technology, they probably got more technology from those two boats than any of those people that we released because they let, have the let, greatest... Let me tell you what they got, Joseph. They got an example of our latest GPS, and they now very shortly will know how to jam our latest GPS, which is used on our guided weapons. They, they, they got the frickin' gold ring. Which sets us back at least five to ten years. When it comes to te- that technology, that's what it does. You have someone who was, who was following commands. He was following commands because we have a new gentler Pentagon who says we're going to change the rules of engagement, make it more PC, and make it more friendly. So we're going to set back technology, America's technology, 10 years because we're going to give our stuff to the enemy. Do you remember a few years ago when they captured a drone? One of our drones was flying over Iranian airspace. They shot it down, and they made an exact replica. It ran out of gas. Yeah. Of course. They, yeah, yeah. it ran out of gas. I'm sorry. It just landed. It, it landed. It broke at all. No. Instead they of driving it to the Russians, they sold it to the Chinese, and now the Chinese and the Russians have our technology. So in that's, case of that drone, you think it would have been easy enough just to crash the thing? Well, yeah. I mean, I... You can't blame the Iranians or the Chinese or the Russians. I mean, there, there was, the there was a, you blame the people in power. You, you, there was a guy, a Russian pilot who made something or other. I forget what it was. We were terrified of this freaking MiG. And this, this Russian pilot flew a MiG into Japan, and he got under the radar and, first of all, convinced the whole world that the air defense system along Japan sucked. Because this guy drove up right up to a, a commercial airport and landed this Russian fighter. You can look it up. Yep. And did we give that back? No. We we disassembled that son of a gun and measured every corner, everything, every every every. And, and we're amazed. Just, uh, and we were amazed that a lot of the computer systems on it were still tubes. Yeah, you've heard the story. I have. The point is, the point is, if you get your hands on stuff like that, that's their fault. That's not your fault. You're not, you don't deserve any punishment for taking advantage of that at all. And you can't blame the Russians or the Chinese or the Iranians because some moron failed to nosedive that damn drone. Well, There's no, there, there is no good and bad in this crap. There is no right and wrong. There is winning and losing. And, and we, we get all wrapped up into our moral underwear. Uh, and and, and what's the, what's the, what, what would Jesus do? You know, I don't want to know what Jesus would do. I need to crash this thing so that they can't copy it. The guy running the Pueblo should have I needed to let my me and my men die to, to keep my oath. And that lieutenant, that Navy lieutenant, should have said, you know, name, rank, and serial number. I'm going to believe that I'm not going to spend the next five years in the Iranian equivalent of the Hanoi Hilton. But even if I have to, I have taken an oath. Yep. It's not Iran's fault. It's our fault. Yeah, and I... I, I we, we, we wussified ourselves. 
Well, I do know the Navy has gotten a lot more political. It's always been political, but it's gotten a lot more political. Um, it was it was political when I was in, um, and it's from from what I've read and from folks that I've talked to, it's gotten you know even more so. So um, you know, who knows? Maybe this lieutenant wanted to have a political career and thought that you know setting off some kind of bad will with the current commander in chief or the or, or the current political powers that be in charge of the Navy um, would not help that political career or would not help his Navy career. The nicest thing you can say about the guy, and I'm making this up, is that he decided he, he decided to trade his career for the welfare of his men and himself. That, that, that's the nicest face you can put on this. Right, and, and we don't know and that. that. We don't know that because we don't, we don't know the facts. But, um, but if that was, his, that was his goal, he succeeded. Yep. Either that or he's trying to become the, the uh, Secretary of the Navy under the Hillary administration. <laughs> that could work, too. He needs, he, needs, he needs some years of experience before he does that. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he just needs the right connection. Aaron carefully. Aaron carefully. Be, well, he, no, no. No, no. He doesn't pass muster for president. No. Um, now, speaking of, of not pastoring, passing muster for president and, and veterans that, that apparently – have done their job poor enough to be appointed above their uh, what is the phrase appointed station appointed to the to the highest level of incompetence. John Kerry, that's the one has uh, has said that the Middle East is safer thanks to the Iran deal implementation. Uh, it probably is the Middle East. Maybe yeah. I don't think it's any worse. It's it's not any worse. You know the the thing is is that the Middle East right now. The the big royal is with ISIS. You know, everybody is either fighting for or against the Islamic State. Um, Iran, because of the religious the religious stance that they take on Islam, um, is they're fighting against the Islamic State. Uh, and so, in that instance, yes, you know, freeing up some funding and and making tensions with Iran a little bit less of an issue does make engaging the Islamic State, it adds an ally to that battle. So from I don't think it makes any difference. There's no good, there's no bad in it. This was a a, a, uh, a, a diplomatic cluster accomplishing nothing, uh, neither worse nor better, and we just need to move on. Listen, no, the only thing this secures is the fact that Obama's administration is a failure on both a domestic and foreign level. Did, did, this, slow, did, did this slow down there getting a nuclear weapon? No, it didn't. Because the money did it, just gets them. Did they get a nuclear weapon? They can buy one. Of course. The point is it had no effect. We've, we've spent the past year wringing our hands and, and, and thousands and thousands and millions of words and and guys who I, I, I am not inclined to trust, regardless of what political party they're from, which is something I want to vent on here in a few minutes, mm-hmm. talked and talked. And in fact, it has no effect whatsoever on our future prospects. They sucked before this started, and they still suck. <laughs> so, you know, we've made much more out of this than it's worth. The guy with his schwantz hanging out, is Netanyahu? He's the guy at risk here, and he's got every reason. This his his prospects have changed dramatically. Yep. But not ours. 
No, and, and and Kerry didn't say anything about the U.S. He said he said that the 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 Middle East is safer because of the Iran, well, except for except for Israel. Yeah, yeah. I liken this to Eisenhower and Kennedy's um, approach to Vietnam. It eventually was going to boil into what it, it, it eventually boiled into. It didn't. It, it wasn't their administrations. It was under the Johnson and, and finally the Nixon administration to settle Vietnam, but it was started by prior administrations. Now, this deal, even though it's with the Obama administration, is going to have lasting effects, and maybe not the next administration, but the next administration may have to put a final end to it. Yep, and 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 you're right. You know, that's this is part of the part of the thing that brought Obama and the Democrats into power is the, is the fact that the American people were tired of military action in the Middle East, and Obama ran on a uh, on a platform as Democrats often do of getting us out of military actions. Um, now, there's a new one that has come into play under the Obama administration that the next administration is going to have to deal with. That happens all the time. Um, we've only got a couple of minutes left, and, and Larry, you said something interesting um, that you wanted to jump to before the end, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop the articles at this point, and you made a comment about not trusting regardless of political party. Do you want to kind of expound on that? Well, yeah. I mean, frankly, I get a great deal of pleasure out of picking on Obama because he's such an easy target. Oh yeah. But you know, if I step if if I step back a little bit, you know, and all through my childhood and everything, one of the lessons I learned is we have a very serious question as citizens that we need to keep before our mind: Do we trust our government? Is it is it sensible that we place our unchecked faith in our government? Or are we, as good citizens, should we be always vigilant? Should we be always looking for the government pulling the wool over our eyes? And almost every article on your list is is evidence that we can't trust our government. I mean, the administration deceptions fall apart. Well, there's no surprise there. John Kerry lies like a rug. There's no surprise there. You read the thing about the Huffington Post and the U.S. and Europe. Everybody's fault but Obama's. I mean, why is it our or even Europe's responsibility? There's no mention of Iran or Russia or Shia Iraq. You can't trust these people. We are the losers. We are the victims. We are the ones. And thank God for the Second Amendment, which is why it's there. We are the ones who have to remain always vigilant. We are the ones who have to remain always always distrustful, distrustful. And surely we have to remain that way toward our enemies overseas. But we need to include our own government in our risk list because yeah. they have evidenced over hundreds of years, and I'm not picking on any party here at all, they have evidenced over a hundred years that the men who populate our government tend to be dissonest, despicable, dissembling people. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there used to be a joke that said, how do you know when a politician is lying? His lips are moving. Um, that that joke I haven't heard used in a long time because, sadly, it is just flat out true. Um, you know, and it's and it's interesting. We're 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 just about out, we're out of time, basically. But I want to kind of wrap it up. Um, we're entering into the primary election season. 
And that means that a lot of politicians are going to have a lot of a lot of lips moving. And yeah, it's 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 interesting to note that you know the the one person who hangs his hat on being himself and not being a politician, um, and, and I'm referring to Donald Trump, has really sparked that um, you know total anti-incumbent mentality uh, to such a fervor that he's leading in a number of polls now. Does does that mean that we're going to get all the bums out? No, that's unfortunately that's that that there are too many incumbents that have too many gerrymandered districts that have too many guaranteed um, constituencies. Excuse me, constituencies. Remember, remember, throw the rascals out. Yeah, except for my rascal. How many did we throw out? None. 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 You're right. None because because of that second phrase of that sentence. Throw the bums out, except for my mom. You're right. You're right. You know. Um, Listen. The only, speaking of Donald Trump, the difference between a politician and a businessman is at what level are you screwing the people? <laughs> and, and and with how much openness are you? So yeah, I, you're right. And I have I, I've I've I, I never did record that other video that I was talking about. However, um, I've been I've been kind of fuming on one. For a little while, and and that it, it asks the question: Can can the fed, can the government at the federal or state level be run like a business? And 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 that's that's the only teaser I'm going to give you. Can it be done? So, with that, I want to thank everybody for their participation tonight. Can I can I slide one more in sure. to strengthen my argument? Sure. The last article on your list. The, the EPA in Flint, Michigan. EPA knew about Flint's toxic water for months and didn't tell anyone. The water was loaded with lead. This is the EPA. This is the federal agency that is dedicated itself to safe drinking water. Can you trust your government? Here's another example. No damn way. Yep. Yep. And, and for those that... that don't uh, don't go to the website often. Go to the website and take a look at the articles that we didn't get to. Um, you know, the Huffington Post about Turkey, the U.S., the Powerball's biggest winner being the government, and the the situation in Flint and the fact that the EPA knew about it for so many months. Um, I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. Thank you for uh, for all your contributions. Uh, if you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, if you want to send comments email conservativepodcast at gmail.com if you didn't like what you heard you know what we'll still invite you to join us next week where you will probably hear different words in a different order thanks a lot for listening everybody have a great night good night chuck just sink the boat dude